Hello, True Stories of Good People listeners. Before we start today's episode, I wanted to share something very exciting with you. GoFundMe is thrilled to announce the launch of our inaugural event, the GoFundMe Heroes Celebration. This will be a live event taking place this fall in San Francisco, California, which will honor those who are using the GoFundMe platform to make a difference in their communities and in the world. The best part is, you get to participate! If you know someone who deserves to be nominated, you can visit GoFundMe.com celebration to learn more and to nominate a GoFundMe organizer you admire. Be sure to get your nominations in by June 14th, and remember you can nominate as many people as you'd like. Thank you so much for being a part of this amazing community and for helping us uplift the changemakers in our world. All right, on to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of True Stories of Good People, a podcast brought to you by GoFundMe. I'm your host, Kelsey Little. In each episode, we sit down with someone who's making a difference in other people's lives or has had their life changed by someone kind. You may know Bryce Dallas Howard from her famous films such as The Village, Lady in the Water, and more recently Jurassic World. But aside from being an incredibly talented actress, Bryce is also an amazing friend. Bryce met Dr. Anna Akbari through an academic course that Anna was teaching, and they became fast friends. Soon after, Anna was diagnosed with an incredibly rare form of ovarian cancer, which kicked off a multi-year journey through different procedures and treatments. Bryce felt compelled to help in some way and launched a GoFundMe campaign to offer support. But the backstory here is what's most amazing. Hello from Santa Monica, California. I'm here in the studio today with two very wonderful people, Bryce Dallas Howard and Dr. Anna Akbari. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank, Thank you for having you. us. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so you two have been friends for quite a while, is that right? Yeah, a few years now, yeah, mm-hmm. at least. I would love to know the story of how you met because we were talking a little before we started and it sounds pretty fascinating. Well, I found Anna. <laughs> um, I'm like, it's because of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, in short, credit where credit's basically, due. Basically what was happening was um, in uh, Anna and I met in 2015. And in 2014, the year prior to that, uh, I was shooting the first Jurassic World. And while I was filming, I was taking a lot of uh, online classes from UCLA Extension. Okay. Um, uh, and they were basically sociology classes. There was one positive psychology class. Um, uh, and I just became really obsessed with kind of thinking uh, a little bit more. It gave me the language to think a little bit more academically about okay. certain subjects that I was interested in. Nice. And, um, and something that I've always been really kind of um, like – I don't want to say into and not into, but I've had like this like complicated relationship with his fashion. <laughs> okay. And um and I was at and when I say fashion like fashion like as an actress, but also just like clothing. I I wrote a letter when I was in 3rd grade to my principal um saying that I thought it was really important that they started using uniforms in the school Ooh, because it was uh it was really it took a lot of time like these are direct <laughs> quotes like it took a lot of time to figure out what I was going to wear in the morning I mean, and some other kids look really sloppy that's what I said <laughs> literally wow, and burn. and and so I asked the principal in 3rd grade if we could have a uniform and he wrote back to me and I have this letter still he I was, was like say, 
can we unearth a copy? Yeah, I know. Yes, we do. Know. We do. <laughs> and he was like, um, thank you for your letter. I understand what you're saying, but no. We value choice in this school. And uh, over time, we hope that you learn how to uh, make individual choices oh, wow. and all of that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and basically what it is is that just like I have this kind of – like I really like things – to be organized in sort of like my thinking or, you know, for there to be some sort of like automation of certain things. And and so anyway, what that leads me to is uh, as I was headed toward the Jurassic press tour, which um, the movie was released in June of 2015, uh, I had decided that I, I was going to, um, with uh, this woman named Alex Shack, who's my publicist, but we're also really good friends, mm-hmm. um, that we were just going to kind of go rogue and just and just like go shopping and buy all the clothes that I was going to wear on the press tour yeah. and and not um uh put the resources that the studio was going to allocate toward like my press tour not put it toward a stylist but instead actually put it toward you know making those purchases hmm. and and buying the clothes and um and so in thinking about this I started googling uh, capsule collections yeah. and capsule collections are basically like it's there's a few different ways of thinking about it but it's it's organizing your approach to uh to your wardrobe in a way that is really mindful but also kind of minimal yeah and um and uh and and what happened was I had googled an article uh, that Anna had written for Daily Worth. And I I scrolled, I loved the article, yeah. and I scrolled down to the bottom and I saw that she was a sociologist um, and a professor. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> new friend. <laughs> yes, exactly, new friend indeed. And um, and so I, I, I clicked on everything that I could kind of find on Anna. And she actually had a course that she had developed oh, wow. called the Sociology of Style. I mean, uh, like, fate. it's fate. It's fate <laughs> intervened. <laughs> and I was so excited. And, um, and I enrolled in the course. And I would share a lot of sort of the insights that 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 I would get from this course with with Alex, with my publicist, and she's like, "Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> what I've been trying to tell you." you know? And for me, I I suddenly was able to absorb these insights because it didn't feel superficial anymore. Yeah. Like there was a reason behind it. Like That's I. Funny. Like, one thing that I learned from Anna, this is going to be so bizarre for you to hear, like, years later. But, like, like I um, I just, I'm, I'm like, like, you see this morning, like, I have, like, wet hair. Like I said, like, I'm dressed up, which means I put, like, sunblock and lipstick on. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. And, um... And so again, it's like there's this resistance a little bit to to uh, like performing or dressing up or whatever, right. um, because I'm naturally not kind of like tuned into that very much. Um, and yet there is we are presenting ourselves always. And um, and I learned I learned through Anna's uh, in Anna's course that if if you wear lipstick, you are perceived to be more competent. Literally, she's not advocating for everyone wearing lipstick. Yeah, no. It's just information to to 
to know. Yeah. You know, these are these are research like like wow. there's research that's been done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why when I when I have a big meeting and I wear red lipstick, I feel like prepared. Exactly. Wow. And everyone is looking at you and being like, <laughs> "Look at that competent woman." Amazing. Even, I, even wearing too much of it <gasps> is more positively perceived it is. than not wearing any at all. Wow. Isn't I thought that, that was a a crazy yeah it's shocking and again doesn't it's it's just information and and it's the kind of information that is truly intoxicating to me and um and so so anyway at the end of this course there was an opportunity to basically have like a one-on-one session with Anna and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like I had like I was like playing some like video game <clears throat> it's like I was playing some video game and like I like got to like I like won or you something. Unlocked. Yes, oh, I yeah, got final, yes. final round. Yes, the final round, <laughs> last level. Um, and so and so yeah. So I got to to connect with Anna directly, and and I love to learn. I mean, that's the thing that is most exciting to me, like just ever in Same. any. Yeah, yeah. So many people feel that way. Like that's what kind of human beings. That's like kind of what we're doing, right? Um, and, and I, when, when there's someone who I connect with, who, who I'm really like, oh my gosh, like I just, like, I, like they, either they speak my language or I love the language they speak and I want to learn it, (laughs) you know? And so that kind of started this, this relationship of, for many years of Anna, um, kind of teaching me, guiding me, us going through, um, various sort of like for lack of a better way of describing it, like almost like a curriculum mm-hmm. for for my, you know, interests and, and goals wow. and where I want to go. And and there's been a lot of stuff that we've we've been able to collaborate on. You know, one of them is 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 wardrobe, is yes. fashion. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also I've been teaching an NYU class for the last year that wow. is heavily involved on in. what? And what's actually um, on students I'm it's at the theater school at at NYU oh, at Tisch. Cool. And um it's drama students who have an inclination toward directing and producing oh, very cool. design, um, basically multi-hyphenates. And uh, and they're each given an opportunity to basically create a project over the course of the semester that reflects these other talents and abilities that they have. Wow. Um, because at drama school, uh, I went to NYU and I loved it. And the focus, uh, appropriately so, is, is on drama and theater studies right. and learning how to be a performer. And that's terrific. <laughs> But for me, um, uh, and a lot of a lot of other students who who have multiple interests, it's it's nice to have some kind of a structure in order to explore that and to also meet like-minded individuals. Because right. I, I mean, from NYU, I met so many of my collaborators from there. So anyway, that was that was you know twenty minutes or whatever. But um, <laughs> in, that, in, in answering your question, but it's it's really been this awesome thing because, you know, it's. People really, I think, underestimate chemistry. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's like you, you want to always have chemistry with your friends. You want to have like chemistry in your like romantic life. But in the people that you work with, it's I mean, chemistry is so essential because Absolutely. sometimes I spend more time with Anna than I do like with my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Seth. Yes. Sorry, babes. Um, and so, so you know, it's it's who knows what's going to come of this of of kind of like our working dynamic and then our like I call it our professional friendship <laughs> that's like a ribbon yeah, arisen from this but um but it's exciting and the future is really exciting 
I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I'd love to go back in time and hear from your perspective, Anna. Um, <laughs> what, what Did you feel that same kind of immediate, like, hey, we should probably do something in this life together when you met? Well, she showed up to our first kind of face-to-face Skype session. She was in her closet. She'd set up this kind of like station and she was wearing this purple fuzzy bathrobe. And I was like, I like this woman. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to (laughs) work. And that really speaks to who Bryce is. She's such a real person. I think people have a lot of perceptions about how celebrities live. um, And... Uh, one of the things that I always appreciate about Bryce is that, and I and I really hate this word in general, but she is an incredibly authentic person. Um, it, it's just it's just so genuine. So I think that's great, and I, I really love the story about her third grade uh, uniform <laughs> issue because <laughs> Bryce is <laughs> experiencing f- decision fatigue <laughs> at age nine. Yeah. <laughs> This is too much. And calling Done. out the administration on it, uh, which again so perfectly encapsulates, you know, who she is because she is very much a student of life. And so I think sort of teaming up with an academic, she's kind of a frustrated academic. I think in your other life, you have a PhD and you're a professor. <laughs> That's like that's your cool. alter ego. Oh my gosh, that that means so much coming from you. And honestly, when people are like, "What would you do if you like weren't an actor or something?" Yeah. and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I would so want to kind of pursue higher education myself, yes. and then ultimately, like you know, v- very much yeah. so. Nice. Always reading books, always writing things down. You know, wanting to study and learn and then apply it. So really, this sort of public intellectual approach, which is what I love about academia, also kind of breaking free from the confines of the university system and applying it to real life and so I think together that we're we're able to do that which is really great well so this is really powerhouse friendship then isn't it I mean (laughs) and we realized that actually we went to NYU around the same time yeah we we overlapped by a couple years I was not in Tisch though I had originally been thinking of going to Tisch but I I was not um but we were there at the same time which is kind of funny yeah I love uh, what's the word for that um like synchronicities when you find that out later in life I love that so much yeah yeah kismet I love that word so much um so I mean Bryce, you're, of course, an amazingly talented actress um, or actor with so many beloved credits to your name. And and I have so many questions, too, about your career because I was you wrote a really beautiful description of Anna on um, the GoFundMe campaign, which mm. we'll get into later. But um, your career is just incredible and, and the things that you do with your life. So on top of being a seasoned public speaker and published author, you are a personal performance and happiness coach, I think I read. Um, What does that mean exactly? Well, I didn't like the label of being a life coach. Um, It felt, and this is no offense to anyone who does label themselves, it just didn't feel like a fit for me. And the individuals like Bryce that I do work with, it goes it goes beyond just sort of trying to motivate them. I'm I'm really big on finding practical applications for these philosophies. And I think that's where a lot of life coaching falls short and where a lot of therapy falls short. Hmm. Both of those play incredibly important roles in a lot of people's lives, but there still is this sort of lacking that a lot of people that do come to me are looking for. And it's like, all right, how can we think big picture and strategically? And how can we then dive deep and say, all right, this is the most important thing to my immediate well-being. This is is something I want to work toward long term. Here's how we start putting those things in place. So, you know, there's really no... 
there's no real job description yeah. for that. Um, and I think it goes back to that chemistry that Bryce was talking about. You know, it, it I'm not a fit for everyone. We're, you know, I think that's really important to recognize when you're doing this kind of right. work is that you have to feel, oh, yeah, we get each other. We have a nice flow. Right. Happiness is all about a flow state. And I think there has to be a flow in relationships also where you just create kind of a rhythm. And, you know, for us, it started from this very image wardrobe place. And then it naturally uh, moved into more of a, a digital kind of virtual self-presentation space because my dissertation was on the semiotics of self-presentation. So really looking at that relationship between how we show up in the world and our claim to power. And of course, wow. for any public figure or celebrity, that's huge, but also for individuals in your everyday life, you are constantly negotiating power in every sort of micro exchange that, that. that you have. So it, we really, you know, we got her on social media. This was a, this was <laughs> a, you a miracle. Now, that no, may that seem like miracle. an obvious thing. Do, it was do not. You take credit that was like that? a year of massaging. <laughs> that was honestly, it was, there was like a group of, of women who were just like, this is happening. <laughs> Like push the button it was, for you. It was an intervention, <laughs> but I appreciate the 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 place of reluctance that she was operating from. You know, she is a private person. She's an introvert living in an extroverted sort of yeah. career, um, and so finding that balance in the way that she's self presenting in the virtual space was really important. And wow. sort of aligning your online self and your embodied self, you know, is yeah. is, is is what we're trying to create is that continuity. Um, between the two. And then from there, it just sort of naturally evolved into me advising and collaborating on any number of things, again, for which there would be no real job description. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's also, what's so incredible about Anna is that it's it's like this, there is this natural flow going from kind of like interest to interest. And and that's something that's really exciting because there's so much variety within that. Right. I mean, it's it's we're getting into a place now where Anna is advising on a a, a tech startup that I've been involved in for wow. the last couple of that's years. That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, this happens to be one of Anna's specialties. And what's funny is that it's like, okay, now the wardrobe is set. Yeah. Like, right. I'm teaching. You got that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, there's social media. Okay, it's progressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tech company. Yeah, yeah. The next obvious next step. Yeah, the next. And, yeah. and then even as well, you know, I, I have a I have a production company that that I've had the domain for the production company for a very long time, but uh, but I haven't act and I've been developing projects and been very active, right. but it hasn't been the sort of like okay, this is this is. This is how I'm going to operate the production company. Yeah. These are kind of like my operating principles, and this is this is my mission statement, and this is what I'm going to do. And and Anna introduced this incredible book um, and and philosophy into my life um, based around uh, a, the idea of a teal organization. And um, this book is called Reinventing Organizations, mm. and um, and something like organizations for the next stage of human consciousness. And I mean, wow. this is this is stuff that I now feel empowered because of that information, because of that guidance to to step into an area that that previously I sort of it's not that I didn't know who to go to for advice, but I kind of in the way that I think about things and in the way that I can digest things, I didn't necessarily know who to go to for right. advice. And so the fact that Anna can can be fluid in this way. 
um, is, I mean, it's it's exhilarating. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's we shouldn't talk too much about it, but we've just started the process of exploring a, a book together and and that would be awesome. and our first book together. <gasps> yes. Yes. Very um, exciting. And um and and that is something that is just kind of unfolding totally organically. Yeah. And and it's really it's it's really really cool, Anna. I'm really really stoked about <laughs> it. And you never you never like you push me to pursue the stuff that I'm committed to and you're very like very on it and you give <laughs> crazy crazy good advice um but what's amazing to me is that like she's got this really robust active life going on and so there's not that sort of like thing of like I'm like hey Anna you got time to like collaborate <laughs> with me on something right. that's like more like you know you're up front yeah. and stuff like that and 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 I mean she's obviously totally down for it but it's really inspiring to see someone who is who is really so active in her own life in all the areas in which you know that you you are kind of that you have your your hands in it's really cool I think that's what makes every great relationship you know is that you come together as these two whole different individuals and there's a sort of boolean logic like overlap and that that space is like the really really exciting part and then all these these differences actually really complement and contribute to the strength um, of the relationship but just to go back to the reinventing organizations book I just want to emphasize how nerdy this book is and how rare it is for someone in Bryce's position to be as thrilled about that recommendation. It's not it's normal. It's the best to find someone who's going to nerd out about <laughs> like, something just like as much I as you are. I very much, this is not, this is not like a, a kind of hip celebrity <laughs> advice book. This is a down and dirty um, case study driven yes. <laughs> academic book. <laughs> it's so amazing. Oh gosh. Right. Oh, it's so incredible. It tells you everything you need to know about Ray <laughs> in all the best ways. <laughs> no, it's so incredible. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um yeah. But but it does read like it's great. <laughs> it's it's really great. well. Like you you think it's gonna be just that and it covers those bases for sure. Yeah. And um, but that level of thoughtfulness that she's bringing to her production company, yeah. I, I mean, I would venture to say there are not a lot of celebrities that are building their company with that level of consciousness about, you know, this is the kind of company culture that right. I want. This is, you know, my commitment to the types of projects that I want to put out there. Like it's a it's a very holistic way of approaching it, and and I think that's part of why I believe so much in in Bryce as a person and as a professional because of the mindfulness that she brings to everything that she does. It isn't just, oh, that excites me, boom, you know, like I'm going to do that. There's there's this very methodical, thoughtful, um, long-term uh, way that she approaches everything in her life, be it her personal life or the projects that she works on. And, and I really like that level of intentionality. I love that. Thanks, Anna. I, I'm just <laughs> loving hearing each of you like gush about each other. In turn. It's, it's like uplifting me from afar. I love it. <laughs> um, Not so far. To beat. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, put me down for a copy of that book when it comes out. That sounds... <laughs> Uh, your t- your your book, I mean. <laughs> um, so this wonderful friendship between you is an important part of the story today, actually. Um, so Anna, you were 
diagnosed with a very rare form of ovarian cancer back in 2015. Um, yes. Kind of when this story all started, it sounds like, um, and you had to go uh, undergo surgery uh, to remove a rather large tumor, I read. Um, would you be able to share about that experience with us? Yes. It's kind of interesting, actually, that m- my journey with ovarian cancer is directly aligned with my journey yeah. with Bryce. We met almost at within months wow. of that. Um, and it was a very tumultuous time. And so it was such a gift for her to also come into my life in that moment. And I didn't actually have any expectations of where that would go beyond her taking my course. And right. so, you know, as she was saying earlier, it was just so organic. So that's been really great. But uh, yes, so it's mucinous ovarian cancer, okay. which only accounts for about 3% of the cases. Wow. And unfortunately, what that means is that there aren't a lot of studies around yeah. it. There have been virtually no clinical trials because every time they try to launch one, they don't get enough participants. Um, and there are many reasons for that. But unfortunately, what that also means is that uh, it's very hard to sort of quote unquote cure or heal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's resistant to chemo. And it it behaves sort of as a hybrid between ovarian cancer and colon cancer. Oh so gosh. sometimes they try to treat it uh, with the particular type of chemo that's used for ovarian cancer. Other times they try to treat it if it's resistant there um, for colon cancer. And neither are particularly effective. So mm-hmm. when I went through this in 2015, I had a very large tumor that was about the size of my head that oh was removed. And, and I'm kind of a small person. You're like a really small person. So that <laughs> yeah. is a that is a huge entity to be sort of hiding effectively in my abdomen. Wow. (laughs) Um, And and then I sort of thought I was over the worst of it. And then even though I was still being monitored over these past few years, it's still mucinous mucinous tumors grow really, really quickly. That's Mm. the other thing about them. Um, They can grow centimeters a day. Um, You may have heard of some instances where you'll hear these almost tabloid-looking headlines that say something like, oh, a woman has a 200 you know, pound tumor sure. or something, and and you'll see doctors saying, oh, you should just lose weight, or oh, you should just what? eat differently, and they're not even really realizing what's going on inside their body. So it can be difficult to diagnose as well. So I then had another tumor um, about the size of sort of a small cantaloupe um, that was oh that was removed, uh, yeah, late last year at the end of November. Wow. And then they thought that it was what's called borderline, which essentially means that it's cancer but not invasive. Um, and then, so they, I was able to then uh, keep my ovaries, um, and we thought again that we were sort of past that. Yeah. But then the report came back and showed that it had in fact spread to my abdomen um, and was in fact invasive. And so I had a stage two diagnosis at that point, and it was recommended that I have um, chemotherapy. Right. But then, being the researcher that I am, I really dug in deep and started reading the the few reports that were out about it, and they were pretty abysmal. It essentially said, I forget the exact wording, but that you could you could choose the standard of care option, which which had very poor results, um, or you could try any number of yet to be proven sort of experimental 
options. And of course, and again, I won't go into um, the, the way the medical system works, but yeah. they always push you to whatever the standard of care sure. is, even even if it doesn't really work. And so in this instance, as we know, chemo is a pretty debilitating choice. Right. I would be making myself very sick. I would lose my hair. And I think that is an, an important point to make, that you, when you look sick, and again, it goes back to the academic work I do, when you look sick, you project that image to everyone and to yourself. Yeah. Um, and so I would be willing to do that if I knew that there was a really good chance right. that it would work, but it didn't. And so as I was negotiating with myself what I was going to do next, uh, Bryce had some tidbits and some great advice about different referrals of individuals that she had known that had had cancer and um, resources that had, had um, come that she'd become aware of and so I started exploring them and while you were waiting for your insurance yeah to come in. that's the crazy thing because oh, I man. would have absolutely because there's so much pressure you have all these really smart team of doctors right. saying this is what you need to do and and you know I'm not a stupid person but who am I but I'm not an expert in that area so who am I to contradict what they're telling me um, it's very difficult I think for people to go against the medical professional right. advice when it comes to the standard of care and so it just so happens living in LA there were some resources and so while my insurance was not um, approving my chemo yet it had been sort of over the holidays she had to like wait for the insurance wait. to yes. approve her chemo and it was like so getting stressful. delayed yeah and so <laughs> I was like I'm just gonna go explore this other option yeah. and I did and I really liked what I heard and I liked a lot of the stories that were coming out of this particular clinic wow. that were sort of little miracles you know people that had stage two, stage three, multiple tumors, had been healed in so many different capacities using essentially frequency and light treatments. Now, I know when I say that, that sounds very new age, but what I love about this place is that they are not just waving a crystal over you. Mm. Um, these are very scientific uh, protocols and equipment, a lot of which um, you know, Nikola Tesla developed some, some wow. are used by NASA, um, and the results honestly speak for themselves. Yeah. And I'm very happy to, re happy to report that after three months of going there and not getting chemo, my blood levels are now normal from a tumor marker That's perspective incredible. for the first time since I first was uh, diagnosed in 2015. Wow. And so in four so years. Happy to hear in that. four years. Oh my and, gosh. And after three months of after treatment. After three months of treatment. Which are not covered by insurance. Right. right. Yes. None of that is covered. And so, you know, it, it pains me because I know so many more people could be healed by these things right. um if if and and I'm so grateful to my doctors my surgeon was amazing i mean he's an incredible robotic uh <laughs> surgeon yeah. and if i ever need someone to cut into me again <laughs> he's my guy right but it's good to have one of those guys but i very much disagree with the follow up treatment right. that is recommended Pushing and so i toward. respectfully declined that which continues to be a point of contention yeah. <laughs> but like it's it's not even you that disagreed with it the research proves yes. that that yes. it had no better results than a placebo effect. yes yes exactly like it pr the facts were there they well. had it had been tested yes. and proven that yes. it was not effective. And I always thought if I had come into to them with an alternative treatment that had that level of efficacy, they would laugh at me and say, "Well, we don't really know." You know, That's awful. Uh, so, so it just it just no longer was um, 
a viable option for me and I figured I was going to try this and see what happened and honestly I actually didn't expect my so it's a CA125 is the the blood tumor marker it's okay. kind of a, a standard uh, tumor marker that they look for and as it gets as it is elevated it, it, it indicates that the cancer is spreading or how advanced it is um, and mine had been elevated since 2015 and because of um, other things happening in my uterus they said oh well we think maybe that's just making it elevated and yours will probably never go down hmm. but we'll just keep having you get checked for it. So I did not think there was actually going to be a useful metric for knowing if the the alternative treatment that I was getting was working outside of a new tumor not showing up. So it was so validating and such a wonderful surprise when it actually reversed that entirely. Oh my gosh. So Bryce, what is it like you as a friend seeing someone who's dear to you kind of go through this really difficult experience. Yeah. It's the worst. It's the worst <laughs> because you like it's it's one of those moments where where you're like no. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is not happening and it's it's someone who is um I I'm a person who feels co- most confident when when I'm like when I have like a sense of agency, you know, when I'm like, this is the goal and I'm going towards it. When I start to feel lost is when I'm like, I don't know what to do or I don't know what I'm supposed to want right now or, you know, whatever. And when you, when you see someone going through something that pertains to their health, which is the most, the scariest thing that, that someone can go through. Um, and you know, it's wrong. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, no, 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 no. Like the only thing that's meant to happen right now is for this problem to go away um uh it's it's yeah you feel totally totally helpless yeah and and what what was exciting was when Anna did connect with this clinic and it seemed like okay here are some options Mm -hmm. it's it's like you, you you don't want the thing that's going to stop your friend from pursuing the options that are going to save their life to be money yeah you know exactly and um and it's this really intense thing for someone who's like to to ask for help and it's not that anna was asking for help she wasn't she was not and i don't know what her financial circumstance is like you know like i i really don't she's never complained about anything in her entire life <laughs> so <laughs> amazing so well you know she's also a professional individual right um but uh but it's 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 just these things like treatments like this are really, really, really expensive, yeah. no matter what. Right. And um, and so to have the option, I was just kind of like just wrestling with this and just being like, oh my gosh, this like, oh, there has to be something. And then um and then uh I was I was talking to to um a mutual friend, uh, Sarah Lynn, mm. um, who uh who we both work with and um and I was like Oh my gosh, we're gonna. We need to do a, a GoFundMe page. Yeah. Like that's that's the solution. Like <laughs> that's what we need to do. And it was so. Um, it was just. It, it was. It was like the process was so uh, easy, yeah. for lack of a better way of like describing it. Yeah. And and so it was encouraging because you're like, oh my gosh, like like instant results, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and at least there's something here. And then the fact that as this was all. Um, unfolding, Anna was already doing the treatments and and seeing 
success. Yeah. It, it was that much more encouraging to be able to reach out and ask folks to, you know, reach into their own pockets because yeah. it's like, yeah, this this works. And um and and maybe maybe even from this working and you know from on a healing that will allow other people to have access to a path right. that they previously maybe didn't realize was available to them. Wow. So um so yeah, so that's 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 why I'm super into it. Just something really, really quick to yeah. mention, um, which is really worth mentioning, is that I, I have another really great girlfriend, Mariana Polka. And Mariana, um, several years ago, was uh, her father uh, passed from Huntington's disease. Oh, wow. And she had not um, taken the test whether or not to see if she had had the gene. And um, and she she did ultimately she decided she wanted to um, potentially start a family and um, and because it's a genetic disease right. she decided to take the test and so um, I went with her when she found out the results of the test and found out that she had actually tested positive oh for the Huntington's disease gene and that the amount of repetitions meant that um, she would start to experience symptoms when she was 39 oh at the time she was 32 I think. Um, and uh, the first thing that she did was she uh, said to me, a person can get a lot done in seven years. Wow. That was Mariana's attitude. Wow. And, um, and it was that same feeling of like, no, no. And this is, this is at that point an incurable disease, utterly incurable. Oh, my God. So what, what uh, Mariana focused on, actually, there was a documentary that um, – uh, that was made that documented those events and everything. Um, the director's Lucy Walker, who's an incredible filmmaker. And um, and that, uh, uh, it's called The Lion's Mouth Opens. And and that documentary went on to Sundance and, and was shortlisted for an Oscar wow. and was picked up by HBO. And um, from that, there was actually a lot of fundraising that was able to happen. Okay. And what uh, I certainly didn't realize um, was that the, the research that was going into Huntington's disease um, really wasn't as expensive as as a lot of other research that was being done. Hmm. And um, and the fundraising that Mariana did kept the lights on in in those uh, in those offices and in those labs. And within a couple of years, they started making strides in 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 and discoveries in Huntington's disease to the point where now they have cured a baby. Wow. They cured mice. They cured um, um, chimpanzees. And now they've cured a baby. Oh, my gosh. So my friend, Mariana Polka, age 38, is going to be great. Mm -hmm. She's going to be good. And this was all because of awareness and mm -hmm. all because of that kind of thing of like, no, no, there's got to be something that can be done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mariana is someone who really needs to be focused on her, I mean, she's got this like kick-ass career and so many things going on, and she's a, a writer, director, uh, actor, producer, activist. I mean, she's just like she's just an, an extraordinary woman, and um, and and she's also very focused on her health and you yeah. know preventative care and all of that. And so you don't want to also like you don't want to leave someone like that alone in their fight, yeah. you know. And I can't take care of her health, but maybe. Maybe as her friend, there's you know I can show up in another way, and that's not to say that I'm like heroically showing up constantly at all. <laughs> but it was really, really, really incredibly encouraging to see what 
what could happen when when there was awareness about a disease, you know, and there was fundraising and there was immediate results. I mean, that's insane. It's incredible. So, you know, so same thing with Anna. Like, no, like there, <laughs> like it's there's 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 got to be a way, you know, right. and, and, and sometimes the story doesn't end like that. But there are a lot of times when it doesn't have to yeah. go bad. You know, it doesn't have to go south. Right. And um, and there are things that are limiting individuals, you know, resources, uh, um, you know, access to information. And, uh, and thank God we live in a time when a lot of those barriers are being lifted. Yeah. Anna, do you remember what went through your mind when you found out that Bryce was going to launch this GoFundMe campaign on your behalf? Well, she asked me, okay. and my first response was no. Yeah, really? I know. And then you were like, I really don't want people thinking that yeah. like, they have to do anything. I, I'm very uncomfortable with uh, people doing things for me. I'm sure yeah. there are a lot of people that... I think that, that's a common feeling, yeah. Yeah, feel that way. Um, I mean, some people are really okay with it. <laughs> Let's just be clear it's about that. There are a number of people that are like, bring it on. And that is not a place that I'm comfortable with. Um, and especially when it comes to money. Um, and so uh, I had I had an, an innate uncomfortability around this idea. Hmm. And I also had to negotiate, as I'm sure a lot of other people who end up using GoFundMe or coming out, so to speak, on social media about what they're dealing with. I had to really think about, do I want to do that? Do I want to expose myself in that way? But also for what end? Um, Am I doing it just for the sympathy? Am I doing it just um, because it's price prohibitive for me? What's the the bigger purpose here? And so what I decided to do concurrently was to accumulate all of this research that I was doing. I had hired a research assistant. Um, I had amassed an incredible amount of information across many different resources. And I compiled all of that into this sort of sub-website on my website, which is called Cancer Sucks, Life Doesn't. Um, And in it, I have sort of an animated video that I created with my amazing animator designer, Hmm. um, sort of quickly telling my story, um, but then getting down to the important stuff, which is this are are all the things that I'm doing. This is the research that I've done. um, And I really believe that it's the combination of all that stuff that got me to this place at such an accelerated rate. And so I was able to share that not only on social media um, and via the GoFundMe campaign, but, you know, to my own email list and to my own audience. And I still have people, you know, reaching out to me saying I'm forwarding this to these individuals in my life who I think these resources can be at least a starting point for them to have some conversations and start exploring some, if not alternative, then at least complementary options. Um, Because a lot of the stuff that I'm doing, some of the studies that I found can actually really enhance the efficacy of chemo if you do decide to do it. And most of the protocols that I was able to discover were not unique to just ovarian cancer, but a lot of them to sort of cancer in general. And then Mm. there's a whole other category of stuff that everyone can be doing to help sort of prevent getting in that space in the first place. Because my doctors kept saying, oh, this just happened. It's not as a result of anything. And there's nothing you can do to prevent it from coming back. And for me, that's a very unscientific mindset. Things happen. There's a cause and effect 
for things. And so I'm not blaming myself, but I, I do want to do everything I can to make sure that this doesn't happen again to me and to people that I love. It's pretty pretty remarkable hearing that out of someone doing something kind for you, you just turn around and give it right back to other people. That kind of seems like it's in your DNA a little bit <laughs> after yeah, I mean, hearing like, all these things like, about she you. She was like in the Peace Corps. <laughs> Like wow, really? Like, <laughs> I was, yeah. That's amazing. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Doing this kind of thing forever. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too is that it's it's in these kinds of moments when when someone is facing a crisis with as it pertains to their health, it's you you just you it, it's so consuming. It's unbelievably consuming. And and anything that that a you know the community of people around you can do to alleviate that is is important because someone like Anna, someone like Mariana, someone like like everyone, right? Mm-hmm. has a purpose and they have something they're on a mission and they have something that they're doing in their life. Yeah. And they have people that count on them and and it is so, 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 so important that everyone just gets to support as much support as they can so that when we go through these moments of crisis, we're not going through it alone. Yeah. And so that you can go through it as quickly and, and, and as painlessly as, as possible because it, it is often slow and painful. Yeah. And, um, and so it's just, you know, like, of course Anna turned around and was like okay so I need to offer something and and people people are for the most part like that you know like it's it's I even see glimpses of it with my kids where where (laughs) you're like wow you naturally are empathetic you know you naturally when someone does something for you you feel good uh, when you're able to turn around and offer something back, yeah, and um, you know, I think people are inclined to to live by the golden rule and to and to you know to to kind of wanna wanna serve others, yeah, you know, in Absolutely. a way, yeah. So of course, Anna did this, and the research is incredible, yeah. and I've I've forwarded it to so many people in my life um, who are already it's writing back to me and saying like, wow, this wow. is. This is remarkable. This is extraordinary. Now now I know what to do. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't find any single resource where I could locate um, all of the, the disparate sources and contacts and um, avenues to, to explore. Yeah. And so I, it was the resource that I needed but couldn't find. So you just um, made it? So I had to create it. Wow. And But there's another element to that, I think, which is that, okay, so I've, I've given that back, but in my mind, that's still not enough. Um, you know, what makes my life worth saving over someone else's? And, and I think it's worth noting that ovarian cancer is incredibly deadly. Uh, it's often diagnosed late um, hmm. because it can be hard uh, hard to detect. Specifically, if it's not the mucinous kind, the, the tumors are not as large. Okay. Um, but then if it is mucinous, it grows so quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and since it is resistant to a lot of the treatment... There's once it gets to stage three and four, there's only about a 25% five-year survival rate. Wow. So, you know, contemplating your own mortality in that moment, I think, is is not overly dramatic. No. <laughs> um, and so in, in my mind, there's this sense of, okay, if I am spared this, kind of like 
Mariana's point, you know, you can do a lot in seven years. Like, I honestly thought I would be okay after the last time. And then, you know, three, four years later, boom, everything uprooted again. And I don't know. It could happen again. And so all I can do is try to live, and it sounds almost affected, but all you can do is try to live as intentionally as as possible and do uh, be as much of service as possible, I think, um, as a result of the, the days you've been gifted. Yeah. So you said it kind of made you uncomfortable at first to know <laughs> that you were going to have, like, this campaign started for you, but what has it been like for you since then to see all these people rallying to support you? Um, I think you've had something like 160 donations, and that's people all over, yeah, um, all over coming together and saying like, "We believe in this for you." Yeah, it's pretty remarkable seeing people from other eras of my life step up and be so generous, uh, and then of course strangers that I've never met. It's, wow. it's really overwhelming, and honestly, it makes me both incredibly grateful and also uncomfortable at the same time. (laughs) And so all I can think of is, must do more, must do more. (laughs) So Bryce, I want to hear from you. Um, It's really, it's really beautiful what you've done for your friend. And it's, it's amazing hearing the backstory. Um, I think it can seem simple from the outside, but it takes a lot of love and time and dedication to, to do something like this for someone. Um, so if any of our listeners out there have a loved one who's going through a difficult time and they feel overwhelmed with how to offer them support, what what advice would you have for them? I was actually going to say it it wasn't difficult. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and, and this is not like uh, yes, this is a this is a, a podcast that that obviously like you are a part of GoFundMe mm-hmm. and everything. But this is not like we're not like intentionally like making some arbitrary plug here. Like, right. This is really like GoFundMe facilitated me to where I'm not like on the computer or in stuff like that. I'm not like some whiz. Like I'm not like, oh, I'm just going to put up a website. <laughs> like, no, no. This is part of the reason why I didn't get into social media. I'm like, it's too complicated. Um, and, um, and, and what was so amazing was that it took me all of 15 minutes just to kind of write down why I felt like it was a – at least worth people reading, you know, at least worth sharing with people what was going on with right. Anna. And um, and Anna made me promise like a zillion times that I would like continue to follow up with people and be like, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can you just discourage them a little bit more? <laughs> I know, seriously. <laughs> seriously. Um, and and it really, because, because uh, you guys have like the whole thing set up, it's very user-friendly. And I was able to, in you know, pretty quickly, just, just yeah, put up kind of this is this is what I think, and here's the link to honest stuff, and and here's what the goal is, and yeah. you know, thank you for reading. And what's great is that I also because Anna has done so much research, um, also because I you know I just like I love everything that she has on her website just in general. Yeah. it's I wasn't. Like, I didn't feel weird sharing it because I'm like, at least they're going to get access to information right. that otherwise they might not have. Exactly. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so it's just, you know, this is this has been what I would say to people who who are either in, in my position or in honest position or, or, or whatever. It's 
it's there are things that you can do that you can do and we all need a community and we all need support and the human race like we we survived we survived all these millennia like we've survived because of the communities around us not because we are a species that that do well alone mm-hmm. um not at all and so so what i would say is just just you know people who are good friends just make make your friends know that they're not alone and that it's okay to ask for help and that's not a weird thing and that's not a taboo thing and that's something that is actually like we isn't it, actually what is some of the science around giving Anna well it you feel great yes absolutely <laughs> when you do it i mean it's one of the easiest uh, most immediately impactful actions on your own happiness hmm to to give um being altruistic spikes your happiness on like almost anything else wow. connection and altruism are really at the core of it and and i think a campaign like this is is really hitting both of those right. so you know if you just want to do it for your own selfish reasons <laughs> just for that dopamine hit <laughs> then by all means all motives welcome <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I remember there was there was a research paper that I read um, called I think it was called like on cookies and kindness mm-hmm. or something, and mm-hmm. and it 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 really it it um, really broke down kind of it was pe- people um, handing out um, cookies, yeah. <laughs> like free yeah. cookies, right. and it's basically like did you like receiving the cookie more or did you like giving the cookie more? Oh, interesting. And people people really liked giving cookies. Wow, you I know? love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Even more than eating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope everyone got a cookie at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Anna, I'd love to leave our listeners with some parting thoughts from you. Um, you're an incredibly inspiring person. Um, your career is already so impressive, and now you're using this pretty challenging personal experience to give back to other people, which is truly beautiful. It seems to be a theme in your life and work. Um if anyone out there who's listening is on a similar journey to you, what would you like to say to them? Oh, my goodness. So many things. Um, I, I think first from a medical perspective, question everything and be your own best advocate. And that's not only in the treatment you get, but with your insurance companies, you know, with uh, the doctors you choose. Um, I think you just cannot take it at face value. Um, So I think that's really uh, sort of the first bit of advice. And then I think the second is to use that moment to allow yourself to be vulnerable and open to the kind of connection that a lot of people are probably also craving. I think lack of connection, as Bryce was talking about, is really one of the biggest issues of our time. It's something I'm really, really passionate about. Um, and so if if something that is challenging that's happening to you can be an opportunity to create community or to facilitate connection with yourself, um, with other people who are struggling or with individuals who just want to help, then then give yourself that opportunity to make those connections. I cannot thank Bryce and Anna enough for sitting down to chat with me today to share their story. 
If you'd like to help Anna on her road to recovery, please donate at gofundme.com slash cancer sucks life doesn't. And find out more about her amazing career and her cancer research at her website, anaakbari.com. Thank you so much for listening to True Stories of Good People, a podcast brought to you by GoFundMe. If you were inspired by today's story, please help us out by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating, a review, and subscribe to the show. And if anyone you know loves inspiring stories, please share our podcast with them. It means the world to us. Also, we love to hear from listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, or questions, you can write to us at podcast at gofundme.com. And lastly, for more behind-the-scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at True Stories of Good People and on Twitter at TSGPPod. Quick thank you to 4th Street Recording Studio in Santa Monica, California, where this episode was recorded, and to our editing team at Cloud Studios in Seattle, Washington. We'll be back next time with more true stories of good people. Talk to you then!